living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I catch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents a Steven Spielberg film. Jurassic Park, rated PG-13, starts Friday, June 11th. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cinemasters of the Universe. It's me, the Rental King, the one to the left. Hey, we missed you guys. We're here to talk about a classic movie, and I wouldn't dare do it without my co-host, the man from the north, the one who hangs on to all your butts, Adam Peterson. Say hello, Adam. We spared no expense. <laughs> not for this show. We did not. Nope. We we took our typical budget of 30 cents and we quadrupled it. And you'll you'll get that quality. You'll see oh, yeah. that. It will be notated several times that we spared you. no expense. No, you're you're definitely gonna uh, you know hear that refrain again and again and again. I may sloppily eat ice cream at one point <laughs> while we're recording, <laughs> and just denote that this ice cream was extremely expensive. Yeah, that mice that ice cream didn't make any sense because I know they talked about like the generators going like out, I guess, and so like that's why they're eating all the ice cream. Yes. So never mind, never mind. I just I just remembered that little detail. I was gonna say like, well, how how's that ice cream even a thing? Out there, you know, it, it, with with the systems down and everything, it's like a not. It's not. There was, but you know what? There was. There will be no plot holes. Yeah, there was a lot of food <laughs> just of, sitting out at a well, table. Yeah, and well, there was, they were they were gonna be a they were gonna be like a destination, man. They were gonna be like a theme park. Yes, but there was no one there. Yeah, there and no dinosaurs, one. living dinosaurs, were just not enough. You had to, you know, you had to you needed come snacks. out with the. You need a snack. <laughs> you need a little snack to process See, how awesome it is. Dinosaurs. At the improbable. <laughs> You're out. Or dinosaurs plus snacks. Well, <laughs> take me to the park that has both, please. <laughs> T-Rex, no thanks, not impressed. I would like a salted pretzel. <laughs> mm, these nachos go great with these Dilophosauruses. Da, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, well, in case you didn't know from our talking uh, little pre-show banter, we're going over the 1993 Steven Spielberg classic Jurassic Park, one of my all-time top ten movies, uh, and th- this is uh, this is kicking off her, the, f- the first half of a two-part series where we're, we're going to be talking about uh, blockbusters. Uh, specifically summer blockbusters and we are in july ish i don't want to like give it away <laughs> like, this this used to be when... <laughs> this used to be the month 
The people are like, ah, oh, yes, be. the big summer movie came out. <laughs> it didn't used to be early February. I know, right? At the, the, the rate we do things, you know, like it, I could say that, and it may you may not hear this until like October. <laughs> Rarely did I watch a summer blockbuster when there was still snow outside. Yeah, but now, well, they do that nowadays. Nowadays, nowadays. you never know. You never know when summer movies start. Mm-mm. No, it just keeps getting longer and longer every year. I mean, it used to be just a couple months. Now it's like half a year. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, who could blame the movie industry for taking that, you know, tactic? Because everybody knows the big guns come out at summertime, and it's like if you keep expanding that that, and you 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 start to get people to accept it, then you can sneak in these movies that maybe aren't summer like blockbuster fare. But if it's spread out enough. Uh, it could pass for a summer blockbuster movie if it's by itself or if it's alone enough. And, you know, the the theaters are starting to fill up again just a little bit. So they are, you know, I've I've been to the I've been to the movies once since, you know, the mask mandate lifted and I saw Fast 9 and it felt good. It felt real good being back being back home, as I put it to you. It does feel and pretty wonderful. Just, Enjoying that surround sound, you know, uh, they, they, the, you know, the trailers, the beginning of the movie, they, they spend like a good five minutes just, you know, showing off how amazing the sound system is, which feels kind of weird to, to boast in 2021. But, uh, it's like, they just like, what's one thing that you just cannot deliver? What's the one thing uh, besides the enormous screen that, you know, most people just can't get at home. And that's probably like these elaborate sound systems that they, that they have now in theaters. It's crazy. The, the whole experience just kind of wraps around you. It's just this, that's, that's, uh, you know, I, I do, especially when you're going to go see one of, you know, being that we're talking about blockbusters, you know, the big movies with the, you know, the, the, the sound and the video, like all those, all those components working together in tandem. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of envelops you in this experience, especially, you know, with what technology is, you know, Dolby Atmos where, you know, I know they, it's, it's always kind of funny when they're like, ah, Dolby Atmos. It's like, yes, that's what's here. And I'm already here. Yeah. You're advertising something that I've already bought into. Like, right, I appreciate right. you. It was like, hey, do you notice the sound? It's pretty great, huh? It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. That's why I paid for that to do but, that. Thing. But it is, it is kind of nifty though to like, you know, it's it's just that thing you've forgotten about. And, yeah, you know, the reclining chairs are nice. Uh, certainly a, a step up from you know twenty, thirty years prior. But I mean, nothing beats like the cozy comfort of your couch at home, and as. As you know, like you can you can go in and buy like a real nice big, you know, 4K TV. Yeah, pretty pretty like you know reasonably priced. You know, as compared to what a, some technology like that would have been ten years ago. And when you know when you you know kind of not to get too math heavy early on, but like when you think about okay, over time, how long am I going to have this TV? You know, things aren't, mm. you know, built to last for decades anymore, but it's like you buy a quality product and you, you don't have to spend, you know, too terribly much anymore and you can really yeah. get 
a solid home experience. Oh yeah. And I hear that from more and more people. They're like, you know, you know, I read, you know, on social media, people talking about like, yeah, it was great. You know, we, we did this movie at home and you know, when we had to go to the bathroom, we paused it, you know, we had snacks, you know, people, Yeah. it, 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 it is nice that we have a little bit more tangible at home theater experience than was, you know, especially when we were growing up. But there is oh my god yeah there is still that like when you go and you get to feel that like you're in the theater there still is like that okay yeah there's yeah there's just a little something that's different about being here. It's still it's the only shot the I think the movie go like the movie theater business has is to recapture people's imaginations yeah in, on a big screen during the summer. That's why they've been so protective of these summer blockbusters pushing them back for like you know six months 12 months 18 months whatever they've been so protective of these experiences because they don't want uh people to forget you know like it's been long enough people are already starting to accept like i myself am more than happy to sit at home and watch army of the you know dead or whatever on netflix like that's a flick that i very likely would have gone to see in theaters but given the choice, if I can watch it on Netflix, I'm watching a movie like that on Netflix because even though it's like an action flick, you know, that's like a February action yeah. flick. You know, it's it's not a humongous blockbuster putting all the, you know, even though it is impressive looking, uh, it's not that giant $250 million, yeah. you know, lavish experience that you would normally get. So. I don't know. It's just been good. It's been good to get back into it. I um, I hope to see Snake Eyes somewhat soon. And, I am uh, actually looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that like things aren't getting bogged down again with you know not to get political or anything current, but I mean you know like this new Delta uh, variant that's freaking people out. So uh, I have this bad feeling that we're gonna go th- back to masks for a bit. I'm refusing. Uh, I'm refusing now on the premise that no, you cannot take my movies away a second time. You once? Okay. Fool me once. Well, it, shame on. it's not like it'll kill it necessarily. I mean, you know, you, you could still wear your mask in and, and you know, because they, they did have, they were showing movies even during the some of the yeah, that's bad true. parts of the pandemic. I mean, you just had to wear your mask. Um you know, and then whatever, that's fine. Well, and I'll just say I, this. I guess I could do it. <laughs> from having just finished watching the Loki series on Disney Plus, which gets a huge thumbs up, some variants oh, yeah. some variants can be good. <laughs> yeah, that's that those that three that trifecta of Disney MCU show uh, series was flawless, man. Like they did so good. Uh I, I am way more impressed and engrossed in those three, any of those three series, way more than I was with like the Black Widow movie, the latest movie, getting us back into the uh, swing of things with MCU and movies and theaters. Not to take away from Black Widow, I, I know, uh, I think you enjoyed it a bit more than I did. I did. Uh, I, I d- nonetheless, I mean, even like the worst MCU movies, better than like, you know, Better Probably than anything that DC's got. Yeah, I wouldn't say anything, but it's 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 it would be on the top half, the top shelf, not the bottom shelf. And uh, anyways, we'll we'll have to say that for another day. Yes. But, uh, point is, 
let's celebrate blockbusters and blockbusters. In 1993 yes. i think that jurassic park in 93 set a standard for visuals and movies that never really was truly cat like recaptured again like it, i don't think it was ever met and oh that may sound funny if you were to compare a movie made in 93 to a movie made now you could easily make the argument that that's a crazy thing to say that you know the effects are way more you know complicated or look way better in like an mcu movie but i don't think that like in just sheer like you know amazement seeing jurassic park on the big screen for the first time like that it was an. I remember for years and years and years, movies coming up in the summertime where they would talk about how the effects are going to equal or be better than Jurassic Park. Like Jurassic Park was that bellwether for many years, and I think that it went all the way up until like ninety eight or ninety seven when the Godzilla movie came out. I feel like that was like the last time they really tried to, you know reach that Jurassic Park like level of yeah. hype you know they, they're just I don't I feel like it's not like that they stop hyping blockbuster movies but that feels like to me like the last gasp to try and catch Jurassic Park in terms of you know elevation making audiences excited just being a true classic in you know every sense of the way um, it's Jurassic Park and then it's just been a slow and fun decline ever since it, it really does that, has. does that make sense oh does yeah that make sense at all what i'm saying yeah no it because like that was and i think i mean like we we joke around about it a little bit but i, th I think i think because they really have um in the movie into the business part of the movie industry which you know we kind of you know we'll do um the housekeeping when we talk about stuff budgets and and things like that and how well movies did how well they received but, you know, really mm -hmm. and truly, there used to be, you know, it used to be things like uh, the summer movie. I mean, like it was, hey, you know, mom, dad, grab the kids, come out to the theater. It's going to be an experience. you got to be here for Jurassic Park. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to be talking about it. You know, you can't you can't get this anywhere else. It's it's a it's you know, it's this experience of a lifetime kind of thing. And you would go and that's what you would get. Like You'd have this. Oh, man, that was so great. You know, and because and, I remember as a kid. You know, you'd have like, you know, you go see a movie and then after the movie's over, it's like, hey, you know, what we're going to do now, guys, we're going to McDonald's because they got Happy Meals with the toys or, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to go to Toys R Us where, hey, you can get an action figure from the movie we just watched. So it was like this whole thing just kind of like, oh, especially that when you're a kid and you have that is like you you're not in control of that. So like you those experiences happen, you know, kind of at the behest of someone else, like your mom and dad take you. Like my mom used to take me as a kid. Like some of those are some of my favorite memories. Like she would take me to a movie and it was just this, you know, there's a handful of times it was like, I went to go see a movie with my mom and the experience was just like, Oh, this is great. And so yeah. it, it is, it's like, it got to be like, you know, Oh, the new blockbuster comes out in April. And you're like April, but like, we're still in school and right. we'll have to, <laughs> I, you know, I guess we'll go see it this weekend. It's not like, oh, it's summertime. Guess what? Get up, you know, throw on yeah, some stuff. Yeah, it used to be June is when, like, the serious yeah. fodder started rolling out. You know, and this movie came out in June. And uh, I, I remember seeing, like, it's one of the first times where I was going to theaters. I'm not saying this never happened, but 
um, just the level of the levels of hype. Like I saw a movie in theaters, probably ninety. Oh, you know what it was? I think I think what it was. I saw um, uh, Home Alone two in theaters, and I think that was like a Christmas time release, and. You know, that was a huge movie everybody was looking forward yes. to. So, like, they're they're going to put something pretty big and important in the trailers, like the first trailer. And it, I just remember it being, like, really kind of, like, it felt so realistic and authentic and kind of, like, it was some sort of uh, promo for something on the Discovery Channel. Because, you know, they have, they approach the trailer in such a way that it's very scientific. They're just showing you, like... They don't tell you where they're going with it at all. They're like, you know, back back in the day, you know, like the the mosquitoes would land on dinosaurs, and but they, it wasn't that like uh, little Adam guy that they brought in for the movie, the like little cartoon. It was different. It was like very serious. And then as they're drawing the um, blood from the mosquito caught in amber, uh, the music the the kind of swells. Yeah, and then it, it goes like you know be prepared for like a world like you'll never see it you know like before and it goes like steven spielberg and it catches you like you're like oh shit this is a steven spielberg thing and it's gonna be about dinosaurs <laughs> like wow and i just remember like being sh- shook like wow this is gonna be crazy and then of course from like november all the way up to june you were just blitzed with you know et stories magazines just it's gonna be a huge event well because that's talk about a that's that's what it, I Sorry, mean. That's what it ahead. was. You you get because that's when they used to. I mean, they used to do teasers. They used to do yeah. you know like anymore. It's like because you know you get tra- trailers come out in social media. They come out online. You know, like you can cons- we consume them differently now. And so it, yeah. there's like you know I you know, still you know I still get excited. It was like oh hey the new, the new trailer for this came. I mean like the other day. And I, I think I sent it to you and a bunch of other people. It's like, hey, it was like 40 minutes after the new Jackass trailer dropped. I was super excited <laughs> about it. It's like, ah, I got to send yeah. this to everybody. It's like, ah, there's a new Jackass right. movie coming out. So there's just right, a right. similar kind of excitement. But it's like, you know, it, it, I know we've talked about it in the past. It's like when you, it used to be you could really only consume trailers at the theater. So you'd go and oh, see yeah. something and you wouldn't know what the trailer, you know, if you, especially you go opening day. You have no idea what the trailers are going to be. So you're right. sitting there, nope. you're, you're, you're in this mode. It's like little Christmas presents, yeah. you know, that you're getting. And it's like, and, and they do a teaser and you're like, you see that. Uh, I mean, I just remember like the, the Jurassic Park letters, the, the yellow and red letters, they would just yeah. kind of like come up on the screen. And they just, they would, I feel like the concept of a, of a teaser is what would have been pretty novel or, you know, foreign back in 1993. Yeah. Right. Like you're not even giving the audience any footage yeah you're just showing b-roll of whatever it is you did yeah it, it was and just you got you got people just as wet and excited because <laughs> it was it was like here you know we don't have this edited together yet but we're going to yeah. give you just enough of a taste that six months before the movie comes out you're talking about it you're thinking about it so like you know oh it's brilliant it's brilliant oh they're my like gosh, yes. we're, we're, we're gonna just plant these little seeds okay ready dinosaurs steven spielberg Oh, dinosaurs! Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I gotta see this. I gotta. He's be gonna there. do for dinosaurs what he did for sharks times ten, uh, which is I'm sure how they pitched it really. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think about the collection of talent of Steven Spielberg, John Williams, uh, fucking Rick Baker, and ILM. 
working together yeah. uh, in some of the best effects ever I've ever seen. Like, because well, I didn't realize. Go ahead. No, no. Well, you had you had that like he because Spielberg was one of those guys that was was he was still that purist. Whereas like now I still want I want the the puppeteering I want the I want an actual dinosaur on the screen. I don't necessarily want everything to just be we're going to add it digitally. We're going to do some computer right. stuff. Like I want a real, like when, when the, the dinosaur comes in like this, I want them to be terrified because there's an actual giant mechanical T-Rex right there on top of them. I want to see that fear. Right. Right. Cause you don't want to be led, led into a situation where you have actors acting against entire empty green screen yeah. rooms, staring at a ball with a, attached at the end of a stick that you're like, supposed okay, to look at. I'm terrified of this tennis ball. All right, let me get into that mode. Yeah, but when you take Rick Baker, who's like the master of practical effects, you know, he is the gold st- standard for that. And you 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 know, you get those giant uh t- the giant T-Rex head and the feet. Like I I can't remember the story and I'm really you you'd brought it up to me that the uh, the movies that made us is going to be featuring Jurassic Park, right? Yep. In the upcoming... I'm, I'm going to be real... It, that's going to be a real good one for that series. Oh, yeah. Because I, I feel like maybe I remember reading or hearing that they either tried to do the T-Rex scene uh, practically, but it didn't look right, or all digitally, and it didn't look right. And that's when they decided to make the... the do the, you know, like a, a, like a hybrid of the two effects. Uh, I, I would. I definitely want to hit. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Do you do you remember hearing? I like I think so, I think because so, I remember uh, one of the things I do remember. It, I don't remember, I don't remember if it's IMDb trivia or if it was just a commentary or somewhere along the line. But uh, at towards the beginning of the movie, when all of the you know Alan Grant and um, Ellie Sadler and Ian Malcolm and they all get there and they're they're walking through that the lobby. And Malcolm makes that joke about, um, so, you know, you guys dig up dinosaur bones. It's like, well, if they do this, then won't you guys become extinct? You know, you know, they made that joke. That was one of the, um, the guys that ran the special effects. He made that joke about, um, in just in passing about with CGI coming with all this computer generated Mm -hmm. stuff. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to be extinct. You know, we don't have any use for us. But it was, that was what was so nice was it was this marriage of the two. And it looked, I mean, even, yeah. I mean, I know they've they've dressed it up with the technology that's come in years to follow. But I remember going to the 25th anniversary, seeing this on um, IMAX when I, when they had it out. And it was just, it was like, mm. you know, it still looked and felt just as amazing as oh, when I God. saw it 25 years earlier. It was, it was an amazing uh, team effort to make it look like that. Because, I mean, you can definitely tell, like, what's practical and what's digital, for sure. But the the way that they used, uh, it's fascinating that they used the rain effect. I, I remember reading that they the reason it was so rainy, because I think it just made the, it helped sell the digital effect of the dinosaur a lot more. Yeah. I guess because it's more uh, obscured, maybe you know. But but that that effect, that rain looked so great, and it was like a part of the storyline anyway. Yeah. Because they were about to be hit by a, a a hurricane. It just everything just sold well. Like you like it's not like they just put rain in, you know. Uh, I mean, it could just be like one of those 
uh, you know, necessities, the mother of invention, like Kevin Smith with the, like, you know, like I assure you are open. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like maybe they did just write in the whole hurricane, you know, Dennis. Well, I mean, it's not like the, it, it came from a book obviously. So yes, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there was definitely thought put into it. Uh, well, geez, what was the hurricane subplot part of the book? Now I'm not even sure. Oh, it's been a long book, time since I read the book. Um, yeah. Cause they, I, I know that, that book is really cherished by a lot of people, but it, it to me it's a bit of book, a bit of a boring read, honestly. I, maybe I just don't enjoy Michael Crichton's style of writing necessarily, but I I just was not a huge fan personally. Well, there there I mean there were enough like you know contrasts that I mean like just just different shows because Alan Grant in the book, you know, to me was more like a Nick Offerman, not uh, Sam Neill. He was like this lumberjack kind of, he was the hero kind of guy. And not, oh, okay. not that Alan Grant, you know, Sam Neill as Alan Grant wasn't any less of a hero, but yeah. he was far more of this intellectual. He wasn't like, you wouldn't like, oh, I'll fight the T-Rex with my bare hands. It's like, no, he's like, okay, I'll keep the kids <laughs> safe. But yeah, you know, I was like, here, let's learn something. That's what I can provide. Like, oh, look here. Right. Here's education. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fighting anyone. I'll just set up class atop this tree here. Yeah. No problem. Uh, and then in the book, they kill off Ian Malcolm. He's, oh, okay. he's dead at the end of the book. Oh man. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, uh, Nick, the the king of pixels. Uh, I remember him like reading the book and liking it, and and being very disappointed that they left out like pterodactyls and stuff. Like there there were big parts of the book that got left out. But I mean, hey, that always happens. It's, well, because. The, one, one of the things about it was Steve, like Michael Crichton, I don't think was a guy that wrote a lot of sequels, but after Spielberg made the movie and it yeah. went so well and he loved it as much as he did, he's like, you got to write a sequel. And he's like, right. And like Michael Crichton was like, you don't need me to write a sequel. You could, I mean, anybody could write a sequel to this. But so he went ahead and That's he wrote. That's true. That's true. He wrote The Lost World. And the thing that was kind of awkward about it was they totally retconned ian malcolm's death and it was just like yeah he didn't die <laughs> it wasn't like oh in he, the book he came you're like oh there was a, this, what a big fuck this you. thing like nope ian malcolm's just he's just alive he's just back for no reason he's just here. i'd feel bad for him if he wasn't just if he wasn't just insanely compensated for doing that i'm sure <laughs> it's fine it's fine don't feel bad for him. well is michael Crichton dead he died he did he? die like, yeah, r.i.p michael he's Crichton, dead. right of natural right. causes well, man, Okay, good, good. He didn't. He didn't do the thing that he we didn't pull are a against. <laughs> okay, thankfully. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, good deal. No brand of um, Anyways, but yeah, to, not not to get too far off topic. We, th- this is a bit more of a uh, just just to let you guys know who are listening. If this episode feels a little bit less structured than typical, we we just minutes before we started recording, decided to do this episode. This is a casual conversation, you know? <laughs> folks. This is a fireside chat. This is, is going to be with, this is a fireside chat. Exactly. We're not, we don't have notes. Uh, we're, we're just kind of winging it. And uh, I don't know how this is going to go, but so far it's been an interesting conversation. I think just about summers and blockbusters and this being one of the, one of the, one of the reigning champs of, of the summer blockbuster season. That's why we, why you picked it. Oh yeah. This, so how would you like to how would you like to take this steer this bad boy? Let's see. Let's see here. Let's uh because I did I did go ahead. I didn't have these ahead of time, but I did pull up. I went to all of our 
the the to the usual suspects to find mm-hmm. out the uh, the housekeeping stuff we normally take care of. Oh, okay. So we still get to do we some. St- we'll, we'll do good. some housekeeping just to keep right. keep the you know let everybody. Hey, guess what? Sometimes we talk about numbers on this podcast. Yeah, sometimes we do. We we enjoy it. It's a big part of movies. Yeah, sometimes numbers are important. Big part of the fandom. I, I think like there's bragging rights oh, at stake here oh, with yeah. these budgets and these grosses. <laughs> this this movie, as I think you already mentioned, did come out June eleventh, nineteen ninety three A D. Um it uh has was a budget of sixty three million dollars. Which I don't know how you would adjust that for inflation, but that's that feels like the kind of movie we got that's, even in ninety three. Wow. Sixty three million dollars yeah. just feels like not a lot of money. No, it doesn't. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I was like, and how much? How much did it end up grossing? Uh, the domestic opening, opening weekend, we got forty-seven million, uh, which is, I mean, so you've almost made it back, nearly made its budget back, nearly right made there. the budget back <laughs> opening, and uh, yeah, let's see here, and I believe that was a record opening number too. I could, I, I could if easily I, if see memory yeah. serves. I want to say that that was the new benchmark, forty-seven million, and. Total domestic, and I'm imagining this probably uh, includes some of the re-releases and stuff like that. So I, you know, our mm-hmm. numbers are probably a little skewed here, but this is what the internet has to offer, and we can't time travel. Um, no, it, the not yet. Total domestic was about was 404 million, and I just I know we don't normally notate it, but I just for good measure because we talk about so many movies that you know, are made today. It's like that billion dollar mark is kind of a hallmark of a blockbuster. This one nowadays, yeah. This one worldwide ha- is one billion thirty-three million. Um, and again, I know, oh, wow. I know, there's been re-releases hmm. of it, so that's probably padded. It might have been shy of a billion in its initial run, that's but interesting. you know, I want to give credit where credit due. We're talking about blockbusters. This is one of those movies. I wonder, I wonder if Star Wars eclipsed a billion before Jurassic Park did. That would be interesting to find that's- out. That would be interesting to find out because that movie did gross a shitload in the 70s and did get re-released uh, at least once in theaters. So let's so. see here. Let's see. And and Star Wars probably ran in theaters for two, three years. Star, anyway. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> it, the, the, there was no such thing as a multiplex back then. Right? Yeah, I was like, hey. It was just like... We got three screens, and Star Wars is going to be playing on one of those screens for a long time. So Star Wars. Let's let it play for a few years. <laughs> let's just let's just make money hand over fist. So, yeah, so those are really respectable numbers. Yeah, for, uh, like okay, er, early nineties, ninety three. Yeah. It was like like I said, it's like probably didn't hit a billion worldwide back in ninety three. It's probably been yeah. helped out by a few re releases and things like that. But still, yeah. you know, you're not making crazy money with even with you know twenty fifth anniversary stuff or you know. Um, Oh, who's yeah who the, anytime that happens like what do you get like a two three million dollar bump yeah it's, i mean it's, it's not, a, not a huge it's not a bump. so it would have been if you know whatever that's adjusted for with it, additional screenings this movie deserves its props for what it did in 93 yeah. um, oh for sure let's see here uh so as far as critical ratings um imdb has 8.1 which i think is you know, pretty fair um uh, yeah, that's that's respectable. I, can, I mean, sure. to me, anytime you go over eight, I feel like it's a really, really, really good movie. Like anything yeah. that's like an eight, eight or higher is like so okay. It wasn't. It wasn't eight point one out of a hundred, right? Yeah, no, this is eight point one <laughs> out of ten. Okay. 
<laughs> important to distinguish that for me. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I would have pictured it being less than that. I was like, oh, wow. This movie must have really sucked. Uh, uh, let's see. At Metascore of Ooh. 68. Um, so that's uh, pretty... That seems pretty low, actually. But, you know, after reading our our good friend and corporate shill, Roger Ebert's review of the movie, I guess it's not that surprising. Uh, Oh, I'm sure. Would would he give it like a... I'll throw a star. I'll throw a star and a half. I'm going to read read a little excerpt from from his review. I'm just going to get angry, aren't I? (laughs) No, not really, but you'll be annoyed slightly, probably. It's clear seeing this long-awaited project that Spielberg devoted most of his efforts to creating the dinosaurs. The human characters are a ragtag bunch of half-realized, sketched-in personalities who exist primarily to scream, utter dire warnings, and outwit the monsters. He gave it a three out of four stars, which, from judging from that little sentence there, a couple sentences... Makes it feel like he's he's doing the artsy review of it and not the review that should the the appropriate level like or mindset you should have to reviewing a movie like this. Like if you watch this movie and you have any experience watching movies, then for what it is, it's a four out of four. I mean, it you what what's better than this? What did he give Beavis and Butthead? Three and a half. He gave Beavis and Butthead <laughs> three and a half stars, and Jurassic Park Hell, he gave vice versa three squeaks stars by too, with so. a three. I guess I'll give it three. It <sighs> doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. Like I can't even imagine. I would think it. You know, I always felt that Ebert was the critic that I more aligned with because Siskel just seemed pissed at everything i like i don't like it's it's one of those like i just i want to understand it's like okay what what do you get out of shitting on this movie like at all like it's like uh, you know even if you're not gonna i mean it's like i I wouldn't say you know that i mean like i love jurassic park but if i'm gonna evaluate it fairly it's like no it's not a four star movie it's like i mean because really and truly i mean you know, much like Home Alone, I've watched it so many times, and there's a lot of things that are glaringly wrong with it. I mean, just things you're like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. There's You got to rate a movie. You got to calibrate, man. You have to calibrate your expectations before you see every movie. It doesn't make sense why you would shit. I mean, you give, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe people are just afraid of being misquoted or something, but if you if you give the proper, you know, preface like hey for a movie about dinosaurs escaping their cages and eating the survivors of this i i mean for that whatever whatever genre you want to put that in this is the best <laughs> this is the yeah, best I mean, version of that movie well and i because it's, it's one of those things like i like i guess stuff like this this is where like i want to know like okay what is the point legitimately not just like you know being sarcastic but i was like what is the point of a movie critic like is is your responsibility to the public because that was the thing is like okay they have these public facing shows and they have these yeah. public facing columns as like yeah the perception if i'm just gonna really play along with it is okay these people are professional movie watchers who are telling me what they think of movies like oh you'll probably like this or oh, this one wasn't that yeah. great yeah and i'm just like okay 
with a movie like no they were the tastemakers they were the only tastemakers available to us really because they were nationally syndicated yeah e- each town had their you know critic each paper had like their yeah their local critic. guy i'm sure even oh, we grew up with whoever the local star you know critic was for your theater your paper like you you would read that but ultimately, you're like, well, what did these guys think? Because they're the most famous critic, and I want to know what they have to say. And, you know, just go into a movie and review it for what it is. Like, stop trying to put everything in a box. And I, I, I just don't understand what get what flies up the butts of these critics some days. Like, I, I think I think that's I, – if, if anything, if I could change anything, I think what I wish that there was was just, okay – Let's divvy stuff up into. I mean, even if we have a bunch of of, uh, of uh, different categories, you know, it doesn't have to get ridiculous. But it's like you know, if if we need to talk, it's like okay, this is an art house movie. This is a comedy. This is an action. This is a drama. This is a science fiction. Yeah, you know, if we need to get into different categories, because it's one of those things. Like a lot of these guys, that feel like it's like, are I mean, it feels like you're writing these reviews to try and appeal to either this elitist group or just other critics like oh no no like because i i mean i it's funny i've, I've watched a few episodes recently just because i had a taste for it but the movie the critic and it's like his catchphrase was it stinks because it was just like that was it it's like everything oh, john lovitz is the critic yeah. yeah i loved that show that was great yeah. but it was it was this great parody <laughs> yeah, he hated everything right because it was like okay anything that comes out is like he would just say oh it stinks any hollywood piece of right. garbage like oh it stinks it's like yeah but this is right, the stuff that right. people regular people like to go see you know like websites like ign which caters i mean to everything nowadays but i mean originally their their primary target is are gamers and they would have a staff and they would assign you know, a, the guy who likes to play RPGs. Yeah. He's the guy who reviews this game. Like, you don't you don't send a guy who hates first-person shooters. Like, you don't send him to review Call of no. Duty. No. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Have, have like, a comedy critic. And, like, be, you know, because his wheelhouse is comedy, supposedly – if he hates a comedy, then it it would hold so much more weight <laughs> to the guy who loves Les Mis. It, you know, like that's his favorite thing in the yeah. world. Yeah, you know, like give me, give give me Android Lloyd Webber movies, because <laughs> like, like people who refer to the movies as cinema. Because I mean, that's the like that's where like I know I do it jokingly, but even I mean, even just to be somewhat serious, like if I was sitting down, like if I'm sitting here and Ebert's sitting across the table from me, the question I'm going to ask him is like, okay, so in your mind, Jurassic Park is a three, and also in your mind, uh, Beavis and Butthead do America is a three and a half. <laughs> Why? Like, like what? Why? Why were you soft on them but hard on Steve like, Spielberg? It's like, it's lit. It's Beavis and Butthead. It's literally like even the people that took Beavis and Butthead seriously were like, "I'm not taking this serious." It's Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. I was like, for you to be like, "Oh, this piece of art." It's such a comment. It's like, no, yeah. it's Beavis oh, and Butthead. No, no. That's it, and the justification of the rating didn't even seem all that great. Like, <laughs> you know, like break it down, man. Like, if if you're gonna make that a three and a half star, that should be like. You should become a doctor of Beavis and Butthead, and that should be like your, you know, fucking, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. You know, the, the thing you have to do to become a, a PhD in something. Dissertary? No, wait. 
It's the, um, it, yeah. The thing. I'm kind of high right yeah, now. I'm just. It's all right. <laughs> this is a fireside chat. My thesis. My thesis. It's a, I'm wearing, I'm, I'm visualizing, I'm wearing a cardigan and I'm smoking a pipe in a wingback chair in front of a fireplace. That's what we're doing. It's just a casual conversation. It, it smells of rich mahogany. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. Um, I am, I'm, I'm drinking from um, a brandy snifter right now. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm just gonna yeah. say, I kind of am. Oh yeah, I have, I have, I have, I have a tray of many fine cheeses. Yes, a various, charcuterie various. board of 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 all sorts of things: grapes, cheeses, <laughs> wow. assorted crackers, none of which are made by Nabisco. They're all fancy oh ones God. that you can only buy in like an international aisle at the grocery store. It's all very highbrow. That's how we do it here. And that's how we do. Yes, we're okay. We're the elitists. We only like to things like Beavis and Butthead do America. It's high society. But anyways, that, that's that's us. That's a, that's our little spiel on on yes. critics and and the housekeeping. I guess you that's know, the house. Yeah, I mean, because that's the the nice thing about a movie like Jurassic Park. Because um, I know, and we we could still walk through it because it's worth worth noting, but. You know, it's when I was like to try and say, all right, kids, we're going to introduce you to a man named Steven Spielberg. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Steven Spielberg is, how did you accidentally? I think you were looking for a different podcast. You must just like listening to, you know, you must find us to be lovable scamps. (laughs) Yes. Like, oh, these (laughs) these two fellas, they seem, you know what? I kind of like these guys. I like I like the one who drinks. (laughs) Uh, we're Vietnamese. We uh, like that other fella. Oh hell yeah! I'm big in Vietnam. Word up, word up to the Vietnamese. Yes, to all my Vietnamese fans. Our biggest fans up there in the Nam, baby. I should probably learn some Vietnamese phrases so I could say things and not. I want to set up some uh, some some Cinemasters Universe merch table on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Yes, <laughs> it'd be a picture of me. Superimposed over Robin Williams. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> like, it's oh, like the face cut the out. You can just stick your face through and scream yeah. Robin Williams catchphrases. Just me carrying a flag. I don't even know what the flag of Vietnam looks like, but me carrying it as, you know, a cartoon <laughs> character. Saying, yes. Advising people not to kill themselves. Oh, my gosh. So, but, <sighs> it, you know, Jurassic, Jurassic Park is just like one of those movies that it's hard to, to really go through the motions of trying to talk about it to someone who, I mean, come on, everybody's seen Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least five times. If, I mean, if, that's just, if you don't want to see it, it's in your face up to five times in your lifetime. If you're an adult and you weren't, you know, raised in the Pennsylvania Dutch country um, and you've had access to movies, like if you, like if today's not your first day being alive, if you're a, a grown adult human person from America or other countries as well, and you've never well, yeah, seen it's a billion dollar worldwide flick, man, you've never seen Jurassic Park. This movie was playing in caves, yeah, places. <laughs> you know, there's the, it's, it got around. There, they showed it on the moon. I'll just say that. I was like, there was a yeah. screening on. the Oh moon. yeah, for sure. For sure, it happened. But, I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> there's you you do have you, oh this is edited by an a peterson here. yes 
What the hell? Yeah, that's right, kids. This one's going to be edited by me. We're going to put a lot of but Vietnamese it's, it's such a it's such a cool concept if you think about it because like in the in the early nineties, once we saw that we had the actual technology to clone a, a sheep, um, I mean your imagination just starts to run wild anyway. Oh yeah. And then when you see like a guy like Steven Spielberg grab hold of that idea that was put in place by Michael Crichton. You know, that people are reading this book left and right, and people are loving it. And then you're like, oh, I got an idea. I'm, I'm just going to put my touch on this, my seal. And I'm also I'm going to bring John Williams, and I'm going to bring the greatest special effects and practical effects engineering team, like, known to man. They're going to come along with me. And we're, we're going to just, like, bring this thing that you can barely imagine to fruition in pictures. And you're just going to not even realize that it's something you always wanted to see. Because cloning is not like an unusual plot device for science fiction. Like that's kind of been around for years. But when you start talking about like cloning animals, like that's something you may not wonder about so much. But for those people who do like to wonder and wonder wildly, I mean, dinosaurs has got to be like right at the top of the list of things. Like, wouldn't it be awesome to clone this? They, they were too, too busy and, wondering if they could to even stop to think if they should. Right. Right. There's that whole uh, moral, you know, obligation like we have. Like once the once the genome got mapped, all of those discussions just broke wide open. Like even if we could, should we? It's like stem cell research. It's like all this stuff comes pouring in. And, you know, there's been countless books and countless movies just dedicated to the idea of this this cloning and or, or bringing things back to life as like as a, a cloning a cloned human being like that whole like mortality thing but with with an animal it's like you don't put as much thought into it like there aren't necessarily the um i guess moral quibbles that you may have but then again when you start talking about a dinosaurs which ruled the earth it's like really should we i mean like is this the smartest thing to do but that's how that's just how confident and secure humanity is with itself. They're like, we're fucking man. Bring on the dinosaurs, you know? <laughs> well, and and that's the, like, because when you, like, it's, you know, it's easy in uh, 1993, and I mean, even, I mean, I would say maybe a little bit less easy to dismiss it in 2021, but it's one of those things in 1993, you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's, it's an action adventure, but it's also kind of science fiction. But it's one of those things like when you think about the role that science fiction has played in society, in life, it's like you go back to movies that were around in the 30s, 40s, 50s about, you know, space travel. I was like, that was, I mean, there was like to think about people, you know, watching movies from the 1940s about, you know, guys getting into a rocket and flying up to the moon and oh, going Mm. It's like, oh, how crazy is that? Like, we made a rocket ship and we flew it all the way off the, the planet and we landed on the moon and they're up on the moon. And then it's like, right. and, and now people just do that for fun. Yeah, now people just do it because they can. They're like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I built a spaceship. <laughs> hey, just, I have enough money. I'm going to build my own. I'm just going to build a spaceship real fucking, quick. Fucking, right. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to fly into space on my dime. Go up space and just 
chill out, hang. I'm gonna listen to some Spotify. And <laughs> like it used to be like, hey, here's NASA. Here's a government agency that's been thrown billions of dollars. Yeah. Teams of scientists like, all right, guys, we're funding space research. And then like you have this like, hey, uh, but I'm really rich, and uh, so I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it on my own. I'm gonna build my own rocket ship, and and I'm gonna shape it. Yeah, and now that we had our first billionaire in space, our first private citizen in space, uh, my question is, what will be the first um, corporation to yeah. make it into space instead of shop? Like, it's got to be like either a Walmart uh, or a McDonald's or a or a or like a, a fingers crossed TJ Maxx, <laughs> a dress barn for sure. That would be just the best. <laughs> Uh, but it's coming. Old I mean, Navy. It's definitely coming. Like, cause, Did you go cause, to the space Old hey, Navy? They're having a yeah, great sale. I want to go to the Horizon store at Old yes. Navy. How fucking cool would it be to go to the Apple store on the moon? But you and know, people will buy because you'll get like a special commemorative moon phone, iPhone, whatever. <laughs> you can only get there. So, so you think you think about like, okay, I mean, you're talking, you know, within people's lifetime. You went from this is an idea that we're going to play on the movie screen because it's so ridiculous to people are are literally private citizens that are casually doing this on their own because they have enough money to fund it. So it's like, okay, you take something like, hey, yeah, remember how dinosaurs used to be a thing and they're not anymore? We're going to do we're going to we're bringing them back. It's going to it's like the rib. We're going to bring just a dude's going to do it. Yeah. I was like that. I mean, like but that should I mean, be his next thing. Like Jeff Bezos is like, all right, I went to space. Now I'm going to make some dinosaurs as a pet. I just want it as a. I want to. I want to miniaturize a T Rex, yeah. and it's going to be a pet. It's going to be like a little, like a little schnauzer. Yeah, you're going mean, to like you get your own. <laughs> it's just it'd be like a little Pokemon. Just catch them all. Like, and oh. we'll have dinosaur shows. Like we'll trot them around yeah. on stages. <laughs> it's just, like you watch. Oh look, there's man. a little. Oh, that's the Stegosaurus. Yep. This he looks. Look at those plates on his back. There's great formation, mm-hmm. striking. Just, uh, just decades of breeding right there on on display. <laughs> but, it, it like, but what about? I mean, not to get off the rocket subject too fast, because what about that fucking guy who bid all that money to win a seat and then decided not to go because he had a scheduling conflict? Yeah, it's like how how boring is space now? Where you're like, oh fuck, I can't. Oh, you know, <laughs> got something else. Dang it. Oh, I can't move that. Going to get some. I was like, "There's for that dude for sure bought a ticket, and then didn't tell his wife about it." And she like was like, "You're not going to space. You're gonna you're gonna return that ticket oh, right to, now." I'm supposed to go to space on Tuesday, but Steve <laughs> called and he wants to go get some soup, so I can't cancel on Steve again. I've already done that like I mean, twice they, they this only year. serve this kind of sandwich like twice a year. Oh I my mean, goodness, man! Oh, Jeff called and we're. He wants, it's his birthday and he wants to play mini golf. What can I, I can't, oh, it's going to go to space, but you know, I can't do that now. But you're, I, I owe you a round of mini golf oh, and you're right, man. Oh. I got to blow, I got to blow off this space thing and honor my obligations. As Curse you in that Christmas coupon book I gave you. <laughs> now but I, it have is to, messed up. I have to do your bidding and I can't go to space. But yeah, I think Jurassic I think Park. I think we're gonna I think one of these guys will be like, yeah, let's just make some dinosaurs, and then, it, then it'll be a thing. It'll eventually. happen. It, it'll be a thing. I'm surprised it hasn't been a thing yet. You know, like we 
they have to be. They, somebody has cloned a dinosaur and hasn't told anybody yet. That, yeah, they're just not telling that. us. It's there. They have it. <laughs> They've done it. They've done There's it. They've no got way it. They haven't done it. But they're like, yeah, yeah we can't I, tell people yet. People are still kind of sketchy on the whole Jurassic Park thing. Well, didn't didn't they come across some like woolly mammoth blood and we're talking about cloning a woolly mammoth like within the last ten years? I could see that. Yeah, that would be. I would. I mean, that be one even of, that's pretty amazing, you know. <laughs> if they did it, I'd be like, okay, it's like it's. I'd be like, it's a hairy elephant, but I'll give you some style points for the fact that it was one of the. You know, it's an old thing, like it hasn't been around yeah. for a while. But none uh, of us has ever. None of us have ever seen one, so I, we brought it back. I think there's a, like there was just like Porch Monkey. They're bringing it back. They're bringing it back. <laughs> We're taking it back, man. I, I yeah. think uh, like one of the things that was always really kind of curious about Jurassic Park to me is like, I know that you want like the exciting part of it, but it's when I was like, you know, when you go to, when you go to the zoo and like when I was a kid and you go to the zoo, the zoo seems like a really cool place. Cause you're like, Oh, check out these animals. And then you like, you go to a yeah. zoo as an adult and you're like, Oh, check out these animals. And you just feel like, Oh my gosh. Like I thought I was depressed, but clearly oh, yeah. you guys are, this is just not. Like you're like, oh, it's the lion. They don't even have access to like molt like Wi-Fi or yeah. anything. Yeah, and it's like you go and you see a lion. You're like, is it still alive or what? Oh, I think I saw. Yeah, it moved. It moved. It's still. No, alive. It's it's it just took a breath. It took one breath. But it's like okay. Well, at least the uh, gorillas get like swings and shit. Yeah, you know? I mean they'll put on a little show every now and then. Sometimes you'll see so you'll see something. Uh, every the rhinos will get a little frisky and everyone starts taking pictures just to you know because they think it's funny. Oh, but, they uh, just love to poop. They just love to poop in front. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like, oh look, their it's greatest a, joy in life. An animal defecating. Hey, I want to freak out these kids. Check out this gigantic poop that I've been saving. And up. it's it's like that's that's the most fun you can have. But like at Jurassic Park, they're like, yeah, most of the stuff we made uh, will tear you to shreds. Actually, it'll just eat mm. you and, and just. Well, we decided to make all those. We decided to make the ones that will eat you the fastest and hardest. What? Jurassic Park was so big and so, like, uh, just, like just amazing and and excited so many people. It basically popularized a new dinosaur. Yeah, you know the raptor. The raptor was all the rage in the nineties. I mean, they even unveiled a new fucking NBA team in yeah. Toronto. The Toronto Raptors. Like I remember thinking, huh, <laughs> this is because of Jurassic Park. This is solely because of Jurassic Park. Well, I'm sure there were paleontologists who've known about velociraptors and have are not surprised by that. But that that species of dinosaur was completely in my blind spot in 1993 when this movie came well, out. And, that's, and they made it the deadliest, coolest dinosaur ever. That's that's some of the stuff that's kind of funny when you get right down to it because there's like there's there's a little bit of uh, debate on some of these are like yeah this is what they made it look like because that looks really cool and then they made it they called it this but they're like but in reality like velociraptors they're like it looked more like a bird and it was only about three feet tall so they're like oh yeah, yeah these six foot tall killing machines that's a cool that's a cool dinosaur like yeah it's called a raptor uh, well, I feel Raptor. like too. Like the the more time we put between us, ninety three and now, the more like all that mystique of the dinosaurs started bleeding away. Like you know, 
that you start getting introduced to the whole like bird theory and all this stuff and you're like oh well they had feathers that's not as scary <laughs> and, and then you, i want them to look like godzilla for crying out loud because you've even got the commentary early on in the movie uh from sam neill where you're talking about he's like oh look you know that the, when they have the at the beginning when they shoot the thing down on the ground and he's looking at the, the screen he's like see how this is curved just like a bird see how it's got this just like a bird in fact raptor yeah. means bird of prey and he's like teaching he's like how these are closer to birds than they are anything else. And then he does. The, yeah. He, you know, oh, that was some good acting by that kid. He terrorized that like, child, <laughs> which is just great. I love that part. I know. He just like scraped the claw against his belly. And he's like, your guts will spill out of your belly. He's like horrifying. When he kid. starts eating you, yeah. you're still very much alive. It's like, oh, good. Yes. This child's never going to sleep again. That is not okay to do that to a kid. I don't care how bratty he is. That following that all, scene, all kids are a little bratty, man. Especially and especially that kid. Somewhere sometimes that kid was just weird. Yeah, looking especially too. that kid. That yeah, he 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 did have it coming though. But Let's be honest. following that scene is one of the first, probably most glaring <laughs> uh, errors in my opinion in the movie. Uh, maybe second only to the whole. Wait a minute. There's a giant cliff in the T Rex paddock. Where did that come from? Um, right, but this the helicopter lands, and and Alan Grant sprints to the trailer, sprints from where he's at, closer to the trailer than the helicopter is when it's landing. Sprints to the uh-huh. trailer, and inside the trailer is uh, he's already there. John yeah. Hammond is like, wait, yeah. you're an old man with a cane. How did you beat? Alan Grant sprinting. He's, he was so excited, though. He's an old man. He's, he's just he's like this little leprechaun. I mean, it's the youthful exuberance of a little boy. I mean, he's that's how he did it. Mind over matter, my friend. He was. <laughs> I just I like that visual of him sprinting faster. She's like, boom. <laughs> yes. Just like this little old John Hammond. Just what you didn't it. see before is he tripped. He tripped him. Like he, like he dives out of the helicopter when it's like 15 <laughs> feet from landing, just does this tuck and roll. And then like he this little dived in. This cartoon sprint is like, I'm going to be in here when he gets in here. This is going to be the best, man. Oh, I'm totally going to blow jumped, him away. He just jumped out in one of those like halo jumpsuits. Yes. Like Tom Cruise and fall out. <laughs> like, it's, like, but like that's, that's to me, one of the things that does make this movie just amazing is the fact, much like Home Alone, where you, like, you watch it enough times, you're like, okay, there's a lot of things wrong with a lot of things going on here, guys. Yeah, you, you could you could for sure strip it down, and I'm sure people have done that just for funds and shit. But, but and it's, it's one of those movies that's so good and it's so beloved that you don't care. Yeah, it gets a hard pass. Like, well, you know, not a hard pass, like I don't want to see it, but it, it gets it, a big-time thumbs-up. Rubber stamp. This is a a okay. Yeah. Whatever you decide to, to it's find. Because okay. because like when you like, it, it didn't take. Well, it's like the stormtrooper that bonks his head when he comes. Yeah. The like cheap, shoddily made like set. But you <laughs> you get you get to that scene where the T Rex shows up and he comes storming out of the the paddock, and the next thing you know, it's this hundred foot drop, and you're like, wait, what? Say How? what now? <laughs> but like two minutes ago, that giant dinosaur there, he was on the other side of that fence. Like, yeah, was he floating? Is he a floating dinosaur? How? Well, did, it was a time warp. How it did was he, a time warp. 
That's you see that you see that in the uh, special edition. Oh, uh, that's Except see that's what I missed. I missed. He jumps right through it. He jumps right through like a Rick and Morty style. So world. there's like a portal, and okay, see yeah, that there's a portal that makes a lot more he sense. He goes now. through the portal. He comes back out on the other side with the churro. He eats the churro, uh, wipes his mouth with a bib, uh, signs an autograph or two, and then he he does the classic roar that you see. But I think I think the other thing is uh, like. But I think it was a good idea. They cut all that stuff out. Like it really helped the movie. Yes, it does. It it adds it adds some mystery. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute, how did this happen? There's not an easily identifiable reason as to what happened here. Why are there churro crumbs all over the floor? But you you get one of the things one of the things that I loved about this movie, especially going was like I was ten when this movie came out, so for me. Like you have guys like Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Sam Jackson, Richard Attenborough. I mean, even to a degree, I would give Laura Dern some credit there. But especially, mm. I mean, especially some of those guys. Like these are guys that yeah. had, I mean, viable acting careers that were well known up to that point. But like for me, oh yeah, they all had careers. You know, this maybe, was maybe not like Tom Cruise or yeah, Tom Hanks. But they were names. Level. I mean they like okay. Yeah. People knew who Jeff Goldblum was. People knew who Sam Jackson yeah, was. Yeah, I mean Laura Dern was doing movies like Blue Velvet, right? I mean she was kind of known as like a David Lynch kind of girl. Yeah. And, you know, Sam Neill, uh gosh, I mean it's crazy I Australian or New Zealander or whatever he is. Yeah, right, right. But like And then, you know, uh, Jeff Goldblum was the fly. Yeah, I mean, he definitely Transylvania was six five thousand. Earth girls are easy. <laughs> Earth girls are easy. Don't forget, Earth girls are easy. Like uh, these, these are guys. But like for me, going to see this movie, like this was my first experience with some of these guys. I was like, it was yeah, before same, same. before I really started connecting dots. Like, oh hey, this guy was in that. This guy was in that. Yeah, because I hadn't yeah. had all that experience yet. I was like, okay, this is the first. I mean, Ian Malcolm was the first time I wit really witnessed. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. So it's yeah. like that whole persona. Boy, what a treat. What a treat that is. Oh, yeah. Well, it kind of is me, too, because, I mean, even though I knew I recognized Jeff Goldblum from The Fly and, you know, some other stuff, too, I, he, he wasn't, like, at, at you, know, I'm, you know, I'm older than you, but not a, a lot older. I guess I would have, what, 16, I guess, when I saw this? Uh, yeah, I think I was 16. I don't know. Anyways, date myself there. Go ahead and do the do the math. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I I was still at a position where like a lot of these people were my first experiences too, for the most part. So, but it didn't matter who was in this thing. I mean, it was the dinosaurs was the main attraction. It was all about can you pull off the effect of making it look like dinosaurs are real, and they did it somehow. Like I. It's nuts. It's nuts how they accomplished it. And like you said, I mean, it still holds up so well, even on a huge screen where you can really kind of pick apart the seams if you wanted to or tried to. And I'm sure if I watched like a commentary with like a visual effects guy and he's like, here you can see like where the compositing isn't so good. And here you can see like, you know, like if you really wanted to break it down, like on a like university level. Oh, yeah. But I'm not I'm not doing that. Like I'm my my brain wants to buy it so bad. Like I'm not trying to see the I don't want to learn how the trick is done. I just want to see this. And I want to be fooled. I want to be a little kid and believe that dinosaurs are real. I I do yeah. think I do think one uh you know, like we've Malcolm 
is you know he's kind of his his own you know i i love the line that uh john hammond says to uh Gennaro, the lawyer is like uh i bring scientists you bring a rock star and you see so you've got like this <laughs> yeah. this image of of ian malcolm and he kind of struts around and is his black yeah. and he's, he's, he's like oh okay i'm a chaotician he's the shirt's half open yeah, he's, he's like hitting on laura darren in like front of her this weird <laughs> pseudo sexual kind of character amongst this yeah very it's like very serpentine like it's like (laughs) and like even even to the point where like when they have him like stretched out on that table down in the bunker was like uh what what is this you're like check out my chest hair we're all in terrible peril but I'm one of my favorite all time gifts is that gift that somebody did of Dr. Grant, like listening to the, the stuff, like got his st- head pressed against the stomach of that sick triceratops, oh, yeah. but it's like Jeff Goldblum in that scene you're talking about where his yes. shirt's opened up and he's like listening to his chest and he's breathing in and out. It's, it's so good. Cause it's like, this is completely it, it unnecessary. Up perfectly. Yes, I was it like, is. what on earth is even going on here? Where's your mind? I was like, what? I was like, you know what this movie needs? A really weird sexual character <laughs> that's just going to bring it all together. So, yeah. so yeah. he's, I mean, like, you, you've got, you know, you've got different, I mean, like, Dr. Grant is a very, you know, straight laced kind of guy. You've got Laura Dern, who, uh, as uh, Ellie Sadler, who's seems to, like, it's funny because, like, when I was a kid, watching the movie i did not pick up on grant and sadler being a thing at all like it was oh, like really yeah i was okay. like i just remember it was like she was there but right. like it wasn't like oh yeah they they're clearly together it's like you know they work together but like that's as far as it got for me it was like i didn't there was no part of it that seemed like they were a romantic couple but it's no they were just colleagues they were fellow scientists yeah but your to, brain as a 10 year old just does not go there the and, and you i mean you've got the the game warden you've got muldoon you've got you know john hammond who's you know he's gets he, he gets these very dramatic you know he's like uh, oh he's got that perfect little white beard and his little oh, glasses yeah. his and his little white, white linen match. suit and his hat <laughs> yeah he gets to walk up to the cliff is like uh, dr I mean, he's borderlines he's borderline santa claus i mean this guy yeah how could you not like even even after he's he's solely responsible more or less for this tragedy that happens, you still kind of love the guy as he's talking about his little his little story about the flea circus, yeah, and his inspiration for wanting to 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 do Jurassic Park in the first place. It's such a good story and such a good moment for that actor and 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 bringing that character to life. Uh, and and you you get that by like casting a guy like that, and not like say a John Goodman or someone who would be a name you maybe recognize. But you wouldn't get that like little performance. Nothing, nothing, not not to take away from John Goodman. You know what I'm saying? Oh it's yeah, just like a familiar face. Well, because mm. that, that like you know that, uh, that was one of the things we were talking a little bit earlier before we started was in uh, in the book, John Hammond was not a pleasant character. I mean, he was far more of kind of the evil capitalist who would you know stop at nothing to make sure this park opened. And so mm-hmm. they they changed him up. They softened him up quite a bit, which was, I think, a very yeah. good move. And um, that that's kind of my segue into the villain that everybody hates from the movie, Dennis Nedry. Like Dennis Nedry is kind of a chapter in this story all in of um, himself because, you know, going in going into this movie, I did have a perspective on him because he was, hello, Newman. Yeah. 
So he, yeah, that's he true. He was that, he had already been Newman. He was right. that he was that notable villain, and he played it really. I mean, that was like he was a good villain, a good foil to all of this. And it, I mean, like as the years went on, I understood the plot a lot more. As to you know, like okay, I remember watching it, and really, like when I was ten, it was like I was like, oh, dinosaurs! This is really cool. This is like an awesome movie. I don't think if you'd have talked to me even right after I came out of the theater, like, oh, so what do you think? Could you describe the plot of the movie to me? <laughs> We're like some dinosaurs show. They went to see the dinosaurs, and the dinosaurs uh, were there. And the, the dinosaurs, something happened, and then they the just dinosaurs got out. People, yeah, uh, right. they would. They were in their. They were in their cages, and then they got out. Yeah, it's kind of wrapped up in this like little espionage plot, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so, like, they're. I mean, because it's like even even to the point. It's like I mean, I think I was you know uh, probably in my twenties when I really appreciated you know, the initial inciting incident when they're loading the Raptors at the beginning of the movie. And that, oh, yeah. that created the, ins- the whole That's insurance great. thing. The whole behind the reason for all this was, oh, there was an insurance claim because a guy got eaten by a Raptor. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, it was probably that would, they would need some kind of substantiation because the deductible on that policy would be huge. You know, and so for them, there would clearly be a legal concern that they would have to get some sort of ramification, some sort of. Sign. I wasn't thinking any of that when I was ten. No, not at like all. I'm not talking about insurance riders and you know legal. Decisions. <laughs> like no, it's like, oh, where's the dinosaurs? Let me see the dinosaur. Oh, you ate the guy on the toilet. That's hilarious. Um, the, the lawyer in a suit with shorts for some reason, whatever that was all about, but. Dennis Nedry was a. It's hot. It's hot on those yeah, islands. Yeah, and you wear a suit with shorts on <laughs> Jurassic Park. That's what you do, and you get eaten on the toilet. That's what happens when you're that kind you of. Got lawyer. eaten on the can. You got eaten on the can. But Ned, like I, that was the thing that I loved about Nedry is you know because he he's he's one of those villains that gets a fitting end. That's one of those things that I, I just always such a. a a deliciously tangible moment in movies where a villain that you really, yeah, he's uh, just being like a total jerk to yeah. the dinosaurs to the very end. Cause he, he I mean, he didn't respect him. He's like calling him stupid and you know, and he put, he's the one that put everybody in jeopardy. Him. He's the one responsible for all the deaths. Yeah, it was a good plan. It was a real good plan. It's just the hurricane fucked it all up. Really? Which he should have saw coming if he's that brilliant. <laughs> uh, but there, there was a reason for his haste too. Like I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was like a reason that like they couldn't let him blow over and like. Do it oh, he time. and he and John, he he they, he had his. Was the hurricane part of it? It might have been. It might have actually been part of his plan. I don't know. <sighs> well, well, I'm not sure. About they that the because I, I remember at the uh, towards the beginning of the film um, when they when they send everybody out on the tour, um, they that's where. You got the scientists. They've done the, the whole dino DNA. They've done that part. Yeah. They've gone. They've I love that little like that little oh, like, that was circle perfect. ride, the dark ride. <laughs> and it's it good was stuff. like, are all are they uh, uh, auto dinosaurs? Like I just love the sound of it. Like ah, you know, and then Hammond's like, oh, we'll have a. You Is know. there anything more non-threatening than a southern like you know gentleman? I don't know dino <laughs> DNA. <laughs> I tell you Dino, what, boys DNA. and girls, we done like made us some dinosaurs. You take a terrifying notion of like cloning a dinosaur, and then you just like put it. The front-facing part is that like little mascot with the southern accent. Yeah, of course, everything's fine. 
like most Don't of the worry, everybody. Most of the animals we've created on this island could devour you in under a minute. But that doesn't matter. Buy a t-shirt. But they're not. But they're just dinosaurs. Oh, they're just dinosaurs. Don't you just love a good dinosaur? <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. But yeah, the once they they get to that and they get the people out, um, that's when you that's when you find out uh, that because uh, uh, Arnold, aka Sam Jackson. He's the one that says, you know, we haven't even opened yet. We have all the major problems of a theme park and a zoo. Right, right. Because, so like right. and, and that's especially once you start to understand some of this, like Nedry is like, oh, hey, you're like, hey, the lights, yeah, I think it was something to do with the lights on the vehicles, you know, they weren't automated. And he's like, I could fix that. He was like, but other stuff's going to go out. He's like, I can only do what I can do within yeah. the technical aspect. It's like, there's just the two of us. There's just this, there's only this much computing power. What do you want to like? You got to prioritize what you want to fix. I can't do it all all at once. It doesn't work that way. Which I, th- I that's that's one of those things plot wise where it is like okay, it does get to be kind of funny when you hear John Hammond so many times say we spared no expense, except yeah. literally on the one thing that you needed the most of guys to run the computer. Like you have two, you have two, two guys, guys in a theme park running everything. Yeah. It's like, yep, you probably needed more, but clear, it's that's those are those things. Where it's like, if you had a room full of guys, there wouldn't be a story because they wouldn't have done. You know, he wouldn't have been able to get away with what he tried to do. Right. Um, yeah. But it is. It's just. It's funny. It's like, okay, you know, you, you have. But they, all these, they they had to be they had to be such a razor thin. Yeah. You know, way to like that that the chaos had to happen. Exactly. So it's like, like okay, they, they put as few barriers between the chaos and. And the fun, <laughs> and and it, just, it really did. We just pull right here at the corner, and then the whole thing comes tumbling down. And it like the the thing about it is the plot of it's you know it all does there you know there's this there's that you could point towards, but it really does all come together cohesively. I mean, you have this okay, you have this inciting event of this you know this one worker gets eaten by a raptor so okay we got to get guys to sign off on this place so how do we do that well we got to go get these guys we got to bring them to the island once they're here it's like okay well we have we still have a lot of problems like we're really not ready to run but hammond is just biting at the, you know champing at the bit it's like oh we gotta get this place open we gotta get this place open i gotta get around these lawyers so it's like all right bring these guys out here i'll bring the grandkids we'll make a show of it we'll have a day of it it'll be fun it's like oh we got all these problems and then, then you have stuff like, okay, you have the whole Nedry thing, which is going to cause its own issues. You've got the, the storm that's coming, which is creating that building tension. And then you have, okay, crap, the di- you know, like all the systems went down, so now the dinosaurs can get out. So now there's a very yeah. clear and present danger to everyone. And then, you know, then it's like, okay, now it's a race against the dinosaurs. Like, how do we get out of here? How do we... Yeah, it's like and it, it like it's it, I when I showed the movie to the boys, it was when I was like it was a it's been a couple of years now, but it's when I was like okay some of these scenes as I'm watching I was like oh, some of these are still a little scary like if I was you know four and I'm watching it was a terrifying movie in theaters yeah. I I will never forget when I was watching this and you know it would be really difficult to pin it on a parent 
for bringing a kid, like a small kid, to a movie like that because the promise is realistic dinosaurs. Yeah. You don't, I guess you're just not even thinking about the the probability of like, oh, well, the guy who did Jaws is doing this. It's going to be a horror movie. This is not something that's going to end well. And the, the one of the first really graphic attack scenes, um, I, I think it was right around the time when, you know, when, when the Laura Dern was going to reset the system and yeah. she finds like the arm, the dismembered arm, yes. <laughs> disembodied arm, just like poking through the gate. And then the, the, t- the Raptor like pokes his head through. Like there were several, like, I'm not even saying one, there were like several parents pulling their screaming kids out of the theater. Like they were terrified at what they just seen. That's like they pulled off how realistic it was. Well, that was, and, uh, the when when the you know you have that that whole scene um with the, with the t-rex when he first shows up when it first starts raining and yeah you know you have him coming out of the pen and there's kind of the big reveal and then he starts attacking the kids yeah um and and you know you you like but it you know you get that uh you get malcolm in the in the car and you have those impact tremors with that glass of water and just that iconic yeah. image from this movie where it's like you see those rings, you're like uh Right. Okay. From from the steps, right? And it's such a good duh dun dun yeah. dun dun it, kind of moment. It really yeah, it really is one of those Spielberg kind of hallmarks of like, I'm gonna use something very small to really trigger you. Yeah. And then even even later when uh, Sadler and Muldoon, they come back around, they get out to the paddock and they find Malcolm amidst the, um, when he's thrown, you know, into the, mm-hmm. the debris and they find him. Right. And they're like looking around trying to find the kids. He's like, uh, he sees the impact tremors again. You know, the T-Rex is coming back. So it's like, okay, that terror. Yeah, that he's experienced have. it already. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's and coming. he's like, must go faster. Must go faster. Must go, must go faster. faster. <laughs> And you have that the T Rex coming up in the in the rear the side view mirror. It is. It's like there's some of those moments like, okay, these are genuinely scary. Like Yeah. And that's before you even really get into Raptor territory when they're hunting people down. Like Yeah, when the when the Raptors are out and 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 uh, hunting the kids. Uh but I mean all of those sequences are just embedded into my brain. Like all of the all of those awesome pe- like set pieces, I guess you'd call them. The T Rex scene, amazing. I mean, it it it's it'll always go down in my head as one of the greatest things I've oh, ever yeah. seen in the theater. Like the that I could have watched just that ten minute part and been so satisfied. I would have been walking out of there like patting my stomach, like whoo, what a meal, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that boy, that really hit the spot. I'm not eating for like days. But I mean, you, you, it immediately goes into the, you know, well, the the Jurassic Park Jeep is in the tree coming down on, you know, Sam Neill and the kids like that whole thing where he climbs up and the car is coming down and then he's got them on his back and they're, they're kind of swaying off the rope, you know, yeah. as, as the Jeep is coming down, like, and it's all across that dam, the like running dam looks so realistic. Um, just, just incredible. Just incredible, and the and the raptor scene where they they outsmart the raptors. Like I, I love the part where the raptor sees the reflection of the kid and like goes head first into it. Like that is that is one of the greatest like fake out moments in a movie that I can remember at an early age. Just like wow, that was great. That really they really got me there. 
Uh, but anyways, yeah. Were, were there any, I mean, aside from what we already mentioned, were, were there any parts of this movie that just fooled you? Um, like, in a, at 10 years old, you kind of, like, you're not stupid. Like, you can't just be, like, told and you'll accept anything. But when you're watching it like this and you've never seen anything quite like it, it's like, what what's going on in your a 10-year-old's brain, I wonder? Yeah, it it was... I think I think that's those like this is one of those movies and I think it's why like when you are in the theater and you are experiencing it and you know and you're talking 1993 this wasn't you know plush you know automatic reclining seats this wasn't you know uh yeah. stadium style seating this was you know a sticky floor uh, you know, elbow, elbows touching elbows. Yeah, it's like there's, I mean, you use it before cup holders, you know, it's like, you know, you're, what, Oh, cup holders were a pretty, pretty posh thing to yeah, have. Yeah. It's like, if you sure. had, a, if you like think like when, when you finally sat down in a, in a, a seat in the theater, like, Oh, look, there's a cup holder built into this. I don't have to set my cup on the ground underneath my chair. Like, yeah. And try and, and then you try and do the, Oh, I'll do the claw grab and I'll bring it up like that. Oh wait, no, the lid came off. Now there's soda. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's like all of that. I was like, you know, I just ruined the days of all those people that are down. The street <laughs> Cause that was the, splashing their feet. That was the thing that was the worst. It's like, if you're like three quarters of the way back, you know, even though they're, they're not stadium style seating, there was still an angle to that cement floor. Yeah. Like if your yeah. soda starts rolling down, it's like, Everybody's gonna get to know I had cherry coke. Everybody's gonna, <laughs> and it's gonna be a gradual thing, like the blob, like oh, what? envelop every purse, like, every oops. every shoe. Sorry, <laughs> but, every piece of candy that's sitting down there. Yeah, but like yeah, the, the whole thing, you know, is like the experience of it. I mean, the sound and the sights, and you know, the just the whole like the magnitude of it. It does. It really, I mean, it was just, it was this, that was the thing about a movie like this. Like you go to the, you go to the theater and see all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I'm, I mean, we went to the theater pretty regular. I mean, growing up, I mean, we had, we had two movie theaters in town. We had uh, one at the mall that had two screens. And then we had one in Sterling Plaza uh, that had either two or three screens. And so, you know, it, if we wanted to see, you know, a particular movie, a lot of times we had to drive at least 45 minutes, if not an hour and a half to either Rochester, Minnesota or up to the Twin Cities. So we would see, I mean, we'd see what came to town and sometimes we'd get out of town and go, you know, like, oh, we want to go see this. Um, so we had to drive, you know, to go. So it was, it was, it was a thing. You had to act fast if you were in a small town. Yeah, it was, I mean, so to go to the movie theater, it was a thing. It was an event. It was, Hey, we're doing this. This is the thing we're going to go do today. And so when you go see something like Jurassic Park, it's like the whole experience is just this mammoth thing. It's like, Oh, it's like the sights and this, and even without, at Dolby Atmos and 4K and, you know, it's like in this just very rudimentary, these uncomfortable seats, elbow to elbow, you know, nothing fancy about it. It's like you still have this experience where it's like, this movie is amazing. You're just yeah. in awe of what you're witnessing. Like, I can't believe people did this. And I think that's... I- yeah, I remember at the old showcase, like you, I don't know if you experienced showcase or not, but... Um, showcase did have two screens that were massive. Like they were huge. Is that the, the one that was and, out on uh, Bardstown road? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. I never saw they, anything they, there, but I know which like, one you're talking the about. Screens, the screens were so huge that they later cut, would cut that room in half, and it would become two separate movies. Wow. Like, screens. Like, it was insane. And I saw Batman 89 on it, and I saw Jur- this movie, Jurassic Park, on it. And I think I might have saw, oh, gosh. Um, oh, uh, Independence Day. Excellent. Like, what the... Those are like three very distinct, memorable times that I saw, like on that just massive screen, and uh, it, it, it maybe maybe it just didn't feel like it counted all that much if you saw like any like you know if you saw like a regular. And it's not like I didn't go I didn't go to see movies like I see movies now, just like a movie that looks interesting. It usually did have to be kind of a big deal, you know. Like my mom had had to have heard of it, so by the time it filtered down to her. It had to be like just a massive thing, to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like it was a big deal to a kid, and then like it would filter through to your friends at school, and then like it had like its you know its avenues. But like once it reached parent, like it everyone in the world had already heard about it. So like you know that's that's the kind of stuff we would go. And sometimes we would go see a movie like Funny Farm or some silly cheesy movie, but it was usually just the big stuff. So just just. Jurassic Park for me is special. It's like one of like three movies that I can pinpoint in my life where I was just wowed. Um, like I just had a feeling of just amazement in the pit of my stomach and just made me love and appreciate movies. And one of them is Batman 89. One of them is this movie. And the other one's probably the first Avengers movie. Like it took that long yeah, to get back to that moment in 1993 like it took all the way to like 2012 for me to feel that again so like that's just like the huge shoes that it left to be filled filled by all these summer blockbusters to follow and even though budgets got bigger and special effects got more impressive they were never able to put it together in a way that they did maybe titanic got there in 97 you know Maybe that got to there too, but for some reason, it, that even though that was super impressive, it just didn't hit Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park level. See, I, and, I think you know, I th- Titanic's like the biggest movie ever, and it still didn't quite. Get I there. I watched Titanic in I think the best setting that I could, which was on a plane, uh, <laughs> and they broke it into two hour and a half <laughs> movies. So like Holy we watched moly. the first half of the movie and then like it stopped for a while, like several hours. And you like you they showed like TV shows, you'd listen to music, you just kind of like and now the exciting conclusion to Titanic you said like <laughs> I bet the boat's going to sink. I think I feel like yeah. that's going to be a big part of what happens here. And it was a very small screen. I read. Hey, spoiler, and, man! <laughs> uh, I, I, because this was bef- this was before. Clearly, they had like the little headrest screen, so it was like a screen right, at the right. center of the the cabin part that you're in. So it's like, oh, okay, it's like a 32 inch TV that they're you know broadcasting <laughs> on this wall at the front of this part of the airport or the airplane. It's quite the movie go. It's quite like, the experience. Yeah, right all there. Is, oh, I'm on pins and needles. What's gonna? How are they gonna get out of this one? I don't know. It's gonna be crazy. And so then, like several hours later, like oh, who was that guy again? What did he? What was he doing? He, the, we watched so many failed NBC shows that I don't remember exactly what was that. I know the <laughs> boat wasn't doing well. There was a problem yeah. with the boat, but uh, yeah, 
<sighs> man, that's a that's a really shitty thing to do, man. <laughs> it was uh, like I I always enjoy that because so many people had such this iconic experience with Titan, and and I did I didn't I mean it was one of those it was. Uh, you know, when it came out, it was like all the, you know, the teenage girls. Oh, Titanic. We got to go see Titanic. Oh, my God. Oh, it's Leo. I got, oh my I got so many dates just bringing up Titanic. Like, it it was like if uh, like young boys dream come true for like scorned ladies. See, that was, see, my my problem was, is that came out in 97, right? Yeah. So Yeah, you weren't quite. Uh... I was 14 <laughs> and also yeah. a loser. So. It was one of those things where it was like, ah, this isn't working out quite so well for us. Like, hey, mom, could you take me to the theater? And the other, the other part that well, your mom's a babe, right? So there you go. Well, the the other part that worked out really well was uh, we had just moved to Kentucky from Minnesota, and so yeah. fresh off of two, you had so many friends, yeah. Fresh off of two years of homeschooling, I was very popular with my brother and sister. Um, yeah, and so. That was like, hey, you know what I should do? I should have my mom take me to the movie theater with all of the girls I don't know. So that, you know, seeing it on a plane in two very, very distinctly separate installments, uh, especially because right after the second one ended was when the we were like, okay, the, 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 we're almost done with the flight. There was a uh, German woman who was uh, very loudly about to get sick for about an hour it was like the movie has now concluded and oh here's a very german lady just probably eight feet away from me it's like she never what does a very german lady sound like when she's about to blow chunks she was just she was it was one of those things like she was notably german like it was one of those like you wouldn't be like i wonder if she's she's german oh she's german I don't, I don't remember what it was, mustache? but it's like, this lady is a very German citizen. Um, <laughs> okay, fair um, enough. We were, we were flying. It was the later hosen that gave her away. <laughs> we were flying into uh, uh, to London at the time. So it was, uh, and like, we were just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Germans at that mm-hmm. point. So it was... The Germans? The Germans. Was she wearing one of those, like, Oktoberfest? Like, she, uh, she had the whole garb. She was... <laughs> yes. It's just a giant. Something told me that this a giant stein filled with beer. <laughs> the whole flight she kept making anti-Semitic like, remarks. Refills is insane. Um, but yeah, it oh, was. Anyways, it, like that was that. That concludes our stereotyping the Germans. The Germans. We've stereotyped the, the Germans. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she was kind of like dry heaving for the better part of an hour as we were getting ready to land. So that really just kind of put a great punctuation mark on Titanic for me. So <laughs> right, <sighs> see so the nostalgia you have for the yeah, first not, viewing is not yeah. a terribly rich tapestry of uh, memories for me. Right. But uh, <laughs> fair enough, dude. Fair Jurassic enough. Park. That you did still very much, and, and, and because I think for probably both of us, you know, being able to share this movie then with our kids. Because that's one of the things we've celebrated yeah. routinely on this podcast is being rad dads, showing oh, yeah, movies like this sure. that have such a meaningful imprint on our lives to our kids. It does. It just you take this medium and you say, okay, 20 plus years I look years forward later. to it all the time. Yeah. All the time I look forward to doing that. For them, it's you know, just, just it's like one of those things that's fun where you're like, when you have those things that trans, because there's a lot of stuff that I'll, I'll try and show the, the boys and like, yeah, this is, I don't like this. But it'd be one of those things where it's like, if I'm scrolling past, like, ooh, Jurassic Park, can we watch Jurassic Park? 
it's always a favorite and i just i love that you know that's one of those things like i loved this movie when i was you know about your age a little bit older and yeah. i love that you guys love it now so it's like it is you share that experience it's just cool yeah so for me like as a dad it's you know like I, i'm never going to be able to teach my kids how to take a pay, take apart like a carburetor or you know how to play the guitar but i can get them started on some pretty important movies yeah. that are good you know like i can really i can give that to them at least I, at the very least <laughs> i can i can teach my children i mean that how to identify a german woman that's something that i'm <laughs> i'm capable of doing just because i've done it you're very qualified you're ve- you're very qualified i've done it that. in the past and so it's a skill set that i do have <laughs> so I'd like to think that if I had all of those clues going for me, that I might be able to point the German woman like, out. Like, yep, German, but... German, that lady yeah. right oh, there. Is it German? She's, She's a German. German. She's from Germany. I'm calling it right now. Anybody want to get on this action? Somebody, Call somebody get me a, a large stein of beer. I want to see how she reacts <laughs> when she sees it. Did you call that lady uh, a dinosaur? No, she's a German. You're confusing mm. the things we're talking. Germans and dinosaurs, two separate. I suppose there could be German dinosaurs. but I would love to see a German dinosaur. I it would be would interesting. Be hilariously adorable. It makes, me, <laughs> it makes me wish right now that I could come up with a top, like off the top of my head, as some sort of German pun name of a dinosaur. <laughs> Like a like a beerosaurus yeah. or something you know something like that. But that's, <laughs> that's a, that's not very good, of course. But uh, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have one. How about how about the how about the Reich Rex? See, there you go, the third <laughs> Reichosaurus Rex. So, not, I love it. Not terribly popular amongst uh, <laughs> some of the dinosaurs with the longer mi- noses. The mine the, the mine cofidile. Yeah, see those. <laughs> Those are the ones that people like. Hey, you guys forgot about some of these, probably for good reason. Because yeah, the the lesser celebrated, little German sketchy, dance. little sketchy. Uh, I love that man. See, that's it. Put in put in the wrong hands. That's what kind of dinosaur movie you can. Yeah. Get. See if we but put in the hands of Steven Spielberg and all these other people, you get a great movie. Like well, Jurassic when Park. you think about it, it would be kind of like if you took Jurassic Park. And just merged it with Schindler's List, and then you had a whole new movie. And you're like, "Oh, Schindler's Park!" Like, "Oh, there's all these German dinosaurs, and they're putting people on trains. <laughs> they're putting the dinosaurs on trains. Uh, putting these particular <laughs> kind of dinosaurs on trains, and it's problematic. Oh, the dinosaurs uh, only only in your sick world." Is that ever a thought? <laughs> the, these, what is wrong with you? These dinosaurs so take your kids away. <laughs> stormed into Poland. That's going to be trouble. I don't think that's going to work out well. Yeah, here's a herd of Stegosaurus Rexes. Uh, Stegosaurus Rex, that's not a thing. They're creating the axis <laughs> of evil creating... with Japanese dinosaurs. Hey, hey, this is science fiction. I can create my own hybrid dinosaurs, okay? Oh, here's, I want to try Ceratoris Rex. Here's the Japanese and I dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't going to work out well. Either. All right, all right, all right. Now we're just getting into historical inaccuracies. We are. <laughs> we are. We're treading very lightly right Theory. now. This is... Okay. Where so this is this is the style of podcast you're going to get. This is what you get. Don't this prepare. Is, this is a you, fireside You chat. can write us... You can write us or call us on the on the toll free hotline right now. P.O. Box. How you're enjoying this? Seven five nine seven six. 
Colorado Springs, We're still Colorado. paying for a P.O. Box, everybody. We talk about old school movies sometimes, and we like to keep in touch the same way. You know, I old do school. I do kind of... Fax us, fax us your opinions right now. What what I like what and I I feel like I feel like this is a thing that I want to do again. The, I, I like yeah. I like the fireside chat. I feel like every yeah. now and then we need to do a fireside chat. Just maybe when we have just like a what when we're like ah uh, we're kind of in between stuff like you know when we're we're like oh we finished up our Halloween stuff what should we do next let's do a fireside chat and yeah we totally could man I to, think to kind of cleanse the palate a little I bit. I think what we should do. I think the way we should do this is exactly how we did this today. I think what we should do is we should pick the day that we're going to record. Yeah. And an hour before we're going to record, <laughs> we select what movie we're going to talk about. I like that. That's a not lot. a bad idea. I like that because it's just like pressure that it's just we're just riffing. We're just going off the top. Yeah. Of our head. Yeah. Maybe maybe be maybe feel a little more authentic as a as a listener to a couple just a couple Good. of guys who are. T- as we, talking about movies we can well, by the by the water cooler yeah we can and because what we'll do is we'll pick we'll pick a movie like this it's it was like okay it's not one i was like oh crap but, but i haven't watched it recently it's like it doesn't matter it's one you've seen a hundred times you're like oh right yeah <clears throat> so it's, it'd be one of those like oh let's do you know ladybugs because you know Jonathan Brandis. <laughs> i need time to prepare for ladybugs oh please. okay well <laughs> Jumanji, like I seen the original with Bob 50 Moore. times. Um, oh god, now we're talking about movies you've seen 50 times. But uh, yeah, I I like this. I like the fireside chat. I like the cuz it just it casually meanders. And I feel like that's kind of the yeah. time. It's a fireside chat. It casually meanders. Yeah. We you know, you don't know we don't know where it's going. We, there's there's no we, preparation. We only know where we've been. No. When we zero, started I'm serious, zero preparation. <laughs> I have a blank sheet of paper in front of we, me. Right we now. had, there was no idea we would be discussing Nazi dinosaurs. I did, that was not a part of my day where I said, you know what, I bet this is going to happen. And then to be fair, I've been waiting over a year to work this in. Yeah. Conversation. Oh, man. I have a lot of material. <laughs> it finally happened. A lot oh, of Jesus. material on. Uh, I have a lot of sketches that I'm going to show, I'm going to share with you guys. Oh man, my brain is unlocked. This is great. See, and like the, what we could be doing right now, this whole thing could be a farce, and we're just billing as like, oh, we had no idea. It's like, no, every aspect of what we've talked about is literally Pre- scripted. predetermined. It's it's not yep. even like we have notes written down. Every line of this podcast was literally scripted, and we're rigid word following. for word to get to this point. Yes, we we fooled it, you, suckers. It could be an illusion, Michael. <laughs> could be an illusion so uh, who knows <laughs> we're keeping you on your toes with these fireside chats they they meander so so i feel like a natural sort of transition into the to the you know the final portion of the show i guess you'd say um rather than talking about scenes um let's instead talk about the sequels that followed and then how are you liking the Chris Pratt soon to be trilogy of, of Jurassic Park movies? So talk, talk to me about the sequels, the, you know, the, the OG sequels, the original sequels, Lost World, the Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park three. Um, Lost World, which I actually did just watch. It's been within the last month. I know that. 
Um, uh, it's if you enjoyed Ian Malcolm, you will enjoy The Lost World because um, it's pretty much all Ian Malcolm. There's yeah, it is. They they bring in some up and coming actors to kind of to pad him a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, it is disappointing that we didn't get, um, you know, Grant and uh, what was the other doctor? Sadler. Name? Yeah, it's it's a shame we didn't get them in in the follow up. But I guess to me, Lost World very much feels like a big overblown movie sequel you know it i don't think steven spielberg even enjoyed it did he there there's a there's a lot about it um because it it just kind of feels a little clunkier Mm -hmm. um because it is like some of some of it you know you're you can't be fooled by the same kind of theatrics it's when I was like, when they try and replicate it, it's like, it's still enjoyable because it's dinosaurs, so it's cool. Yeah. But it's when I was like, the characters aren't as endearing, so you don't really care as much about them. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, somebody gets eaten. And that was kind of the, like, it felt like the second one was maybe catering a little more to... Um, uh, the idea uh, some some of it was just the, the you know this uh, the abuse of capitalism it kind of felt like ah these guys are trying to make money and they're the bad guys and it was like anytime you try to me anytime you try and infuse uh, something like that especially when it's noticeable it just kind of takes away from the story because like if it was just a story and there's Hey, you could take this away if you wanted to, or you could take this. It's like when you try, it's like, oh, here's gonna, this is going to be the moral of the story. It's like, oh, and because you get the whole third act where the T Rex comes back to America and it just kind of falls apart. And it's like, what? I was like, it's the middle of the, yeah. the middle <clears throat> of the does, night. It's it's really silly. Yeah, it it looked cool in the moment. Yeah, like it looked very cool, and I remember being very like excited when I realized what I was going to see. <laughs> More like King Kong with dinosaurs, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, yeah, it just—I don't know. It—it it did. It felt a little bit, little, little soulless. Um, just the passion didn't feel like. I just really didn't feel the passion this time around. And, but I mean, all the all the pieces were in place. You know, it looked great. Yeah. Um, it it had the great soundtrack. Uh, you're you're still once again working with the best of the best. Yeah. But it's like one, once you experience like chocolate cake the first time, like then you, you know, it just gets less exciting, I guess, over time. Like it's still chocolate cake. You're going to eat it. It tastes good still. You just don't get so excited about it anymore. Yeah. It, it, because me, like, it, by the time the third one came out, like I don't, I didn't even see the third one in theaters. I don't the, think. the, the third one, by the time you get to the third one, it, it really does, uh, like, cause, you know, the joke from the critic that they talk when they, they, you know, they made, because it was before Jurassic Park or the Lost World Jurassic Park came out. So they made this parody, oh, Jurassic Park 2. So it was kind of like their notion was already like, oh, yes, clearly we'll just make a sequel to this. And the raptors are like, you know, the raptor is like, he grabs this, you know, pipe and he starts blowing bubbles out of it and he's got a little monocle and he's talking in this British voice because <laughs> the raptors are so advanced and they're so intelligent. Yeah. 
But it's like, okay, that's the natural progression. Kind of what you did. So, uh, and then especially <laughs> weren't wrong by the third one. You're like, oh yes, here they have this complex communication. You know, here's how the series of sounds, and you're like, uh, this. And just so it was like the plot of it was really like it's it's when I was like I I don't want to just totally shit on it because I do I mean they're Jurassic Park movies I love all the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park movies even when they suck I love them because well at least the third one got Sam Neill back which is yes you surprising. got Sam Neill and you did have moments where Ellie Sadler was she because she was part of it too Sam Neill was primary um and you had the kid and you had uh, uh, William H Macy and Taya Leone and um, and then that kid, he was okay. Um, yeah. And it was, it, and they, you know, they they upped the ante a little bit, kind of like when we went from the Jurassic Park series to the Jurassic World. They did the same thing with, with the Indominus Rex. It's like when you get to Jurassic Park three, you have the Spinosaurus. Like, oh, this is even more. Hmm. This is the oh, the T Rex. Yeah, he's, the Spinosaurus is bigger and better than the T Rex. Yeah, and so because then you had like the pseudo jaws scene where they're floating down the river on the boat, and like you see that little spine come up out of the water, and you're like oh, oh no. Um, but it was, it was I mean, a lot of it was just kind of. Did it feel like the third one was trying to like get back to the roots of the first one, or it, like it's, they were trying to write write the ship a little bit? It seemed the... like because they had callbacks to stuff. I mean, at the end of the movie, when you had the. Um, the pterodactyls or the pterodons or whatever, the flying ones that they were flying alongside the helicopter as they were leaving the island. You're like, oh, that's a callback to the first one where like the the birds are flying alongside of the the helicopter. You know, you you had the same kind of mechanics where like the kid uh, that was Alan Grant's assistant found the raptor eggs. And so he was trying to bring them back because it would, oh, it's going to fund our research for years. But it's like that creates a Nedry kind of situation where it's like now the raptors are following you and it's, oh, here's extra peril. So it was was one of those like. (laughs) We got a B plot. (laughs) I I think what it was is like. They're like, we've made two of these. We might as well make a sequel or might as well make one more sequel and have it be a trilogy. Yeah. But we don't really have any great ideas. And we've all, I mean, like, we're just, I mean, like, we're going to make more dinosaurs, which are the dinosaurs that we haven't really used yet. Because it was very heavy. Like, they had the whole big sequence with with the flying ones, the pterodactyls, the pterodons, where, like, they had the, the big aviary where they were trying to escape the spinosaurus and like they were jumping from thing to thing and there was all this fog but oh no yeah and i think i i feel like nick was telling me that that was actually something from the the book the first book i think if i remember correctly i think yeah i think they did kind of some of the stuff they spliced out of the because even the whole sequence where they're floating down the river that was from the book the first book that they just kind Mm -hmm. of omitted from the first movie when they have kind of their little boat they made and they're floating down the river trying to get away that was a big part of the first or the first book. So it's like they did kind of try and yeah. recycle some of the stuff that they didn't use. And took took some of the stuff that they yeah. left out of the original and hoped that it could be enough for a, like a successful third movie. And because I remember, I mean, like I remember at that point, um, I was let's see, I don't I don't remember when Jurassic Park three came out, but I, but by that point it was like. It wasn't that I, w- I just it was like, oh, dinosaurs aren't that interesting. It's like I've always loved. I still love dinosaurs. I'm almost- I want to guess like it like ninety eight, ninety seven, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while you're still having that thought. So it's one of those like you know, not like I'm just a shitty teenager when it comes out, but it was one of those like, okay, clearly this is 
Let's see here. Oh, wow. They came out in 2001. 2001. Okay. Later than I was a senior in high school when that came out. So, yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, you're, you know, pretty well to, because Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, came out shortly after Jurassic Park. So I think that didn't help it yeah. either. Whereas kind of like we've yeah. had a long time in between 2 and 3. And I don't yeah, know that anybody's really like, well, you know, we really need another Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, you just knew instantly there was going to be a sequel after yeah. the success of the first one. But And I, I feel like the, the second one felt so much like an obligation that they were like, all right, we're done with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like they almost pulled like a legally blonde too. It's like we're gonna make this so fucking unappealing <laughs> that no one's gonna ask for a third one. Yeah, it's like yeah, we'll just make two of these. It'll be fine. And we're like, hey, what about yeah, a third one? Yeah. Oh crap, we didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Do you guys know any German dinosaurs? <laughs> Do people like German dinosaurs? You never know, too. Like they, like they, you know, they're like, well, we need, we need something to tie in with Universal Studios. Like we gotta have something. We gotta make another dinosaur movie. <laughs> Well, because and I think I think that was the thing about it was it was like, okay, let's use some of the dinosaur because they really did. I mean, even I mean, I'm looking at it right now and they have the shadow of the pterodactyl on the cover and they have the Spinosaurus, which has replaced the T-Rex in the logo. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we got we got a brand new big dinosaur that that's going to be the big bad guy instead of the T-Rex. And we're going to focus on these flying dinosaurs. And then we'll, we still got to have a raptor plot line because people love raptors. We can't not do the raptors. So we got to have the raptors. And yeah. by that point, like the raptors to me kind of felt like gremlins too, where it's like, oh, we got to make them all different colors and they got to be really, you know, like, let's really jack up the CGI on these these raptors. So they're like, oh, look, there's Buster. And that, oh, that one's little Davy. And then, oh, there's Susan. It's like, I, the, they could all look so the same. I, I didn't realize this but Joe Johnston who directed the third movie was the director of the Rocketeer and Captain America yeah the first winter so yeah the first Avenger so that's really interesting and October sky uh, I have to go back and give that a, ch- a, a a second look because I that, that was another thing that it kind of turned me off from the movie was I knew that Steven Spielberg wasn't directing it yeah, and it kind of felt like, well, if he doesn't even care enough about the project, then and I, I'm sure he was attached to it in a, some sort of producer, you know, level. But I mean, you know, what's that worth? But it, I get that same feeling with like the new Indiana Jones movie, like he's not directing it, and it's like, uh, I mean, you know, they still got Harrison Ford, I guess. But I'm just like instantly less excited about it. Well, because it's one of those like when you, I mean, like when you really do, because I, I feel like for most people you like your casual movie goer, your casual movie watcher really doesn't care who directed it. I mean, like if it's a name that you recognize that might give you like, Oh yeah, Steven Spielberg. I will. Oh, it's Oh man. I did always from the beginning. Like that was something that always was an impressive thing for me. It's like, who directed this thing? Yeah. And I I think, I think that's the thing. It's like for people, because that's that, especially by the time I get to, uh, you know, 2001 where I was, you know, I'm 18, I have kind of a, a little like I'd been working at Blockbuster, a little bit more appreciation for movies in a different capacity than just watching them to enjoy them. It's like by that point, I was like I had ideations like I want to write screenplays or I want to direct stuff yeah. myself. So it's like I had more of a vested interest in the process from a different kind of perspective. So it's like when you get to this and you say, okay, some of that logic is like if Spielberg was keen on the first two, why wasn't he keen on this one? Like it kind of just not like, Oh, I've I've done two. It's like, there could be a very simple explanation. It doesn't mean that it's just beneath him or that he doesn't want to do it, but there is, there is almost kind of like this. There's some kind of implications. Like 
it wasn't good enough for him to come to want to come back a third time. He, Steven Spielberg, who did the first two, and if I'm being you know if I'm being realistic about it, the second one wasn't as great as the first one. So it's like I feel like his heart wasn't already in the second one to begin with. Then if yeah. he's really not vested in the third one, or if he's like, well, he's around as a producer, it's like, yeah, but is he really? Or is it just like he's connected to the subject material, so we'll throw his name on Here's another thing. thing, too. I think Steven Spielberg was just in a different place creatively at that time. Yeah. Like, he was doing AI. Yeah. He was doing, like, Minority Report. You know, he'd just done Saving Private Ryan. You know, he had War of the Worlds coming up after that. I mean, he had he a was, very different trajectory. Just, yep. Yep. So, like, why go back to that yeah, again? Yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing. It's like he different. has these, he has Jurassic Park and he has the Lost World under his belt. Like, he's done those. Like, okay, I've been there. I don't need to yeah. redo it. I've already done it twice. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's always nice. You know, I hate to say it, but Spielberg has not had a big movie in a while. It's really interesting. Like, I mean, Ready Player One was like a, it was a commercial success. But before that, you're looking at like War of the Worlds in 2005. You know, and it's crazy. I remember I mean, Munich. I mean, Munich was not meant to be like a huge movie. Like that was successful in its way. Yeah, him and those uh, Germans. Adventures in Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, the BFG. I did I mean, enjoy the Adventures are, of Tintin. I did too. I don't mean to crap on that movie because I thought it was actually really it's, quite it, It's one movie. of those like, I wouldn't, like if I was like, oh, Steven Spielberg, if I really wanted to highlight, you know, like these are the most iconic Spielberg ones, I wouldn't include yeah. it. Um, yeah. Just, just because, because it's like, no, it's not. I mean, it, it was enjoyable, but it's not like up there. Um, but yeah. But it, it, it was impressive you know, to look at cutting edge, uh, but I mean, it is, it is an animated movie. Oh so, yeah. Like, that brings on its like own separate kind of thing too. Uh, but man, yeah. I mean like Spielberg, it's been a bit, it's been a while, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, and I mean, even like looking at you know, like what, what he's got coming up. I'm like, uh, none of it inspired West side story. Yeah, like, kind none of, of it. I'm like, Oh yes. Yeah. Like even untitled Steven Spielberg project is like yeah, but sandwiched in between these other three pieces of crap, I don't care about. Like, <laughs> right. well, come on, man, the kidnapping of Edgardo Martera. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've on. been waiting for that one for a while. Like uh, ever since War Horse, I was like, oh, when are they going to do that Edgardo Mortara movie? <laughs> that God damn it! Been... They're going to do Lincoln before God. What? Man, like, when are they going to do it? Lincoln before <laughs> Edgardo Mortara. <laughs> what are you thinking, Spielberg? Come on, man, get on board. Well, before we get into the the newer movies, I'm going to say let's let's maybe put a pin in that for another discussion because this this bad boy this train is rolling in in around two hours. Yes, this fireside chat if... has uh, chugged along nicely. Yeah, and it's been fun. It's been uh, there's been some interesting perspectives, some hilarious comments made by you. Oh, we've had, we've we've both we've had some wonderful <laughs> we've had some wonderful commentary on modern cinema, Germans, yeah. dinosaurs, yep. German dinosaurs, German Nazi dinosaurs. Right? I mean, they it's don't even a, have to be Nazi. It's got, it had I don't to, want to like pigeonhole them into this. But no, yeah, I mean, you, the dinosaurs. I would like it if they were. That's all I'm saying. 
I think I the li- think the little hat, the little <laughs> yeah. I mean, like just I mean, really pick whatever dinosaur that you want. I mean, like mm. I think a lot of people would probably be thinking T Rex, but you could. I mean, it could be any dinosaur, and then just put that little mustache on there. I mean, like that's pretty adorable and hilarious. It is. Like, come it on. is. It's, it's a dinosaur you, with a Hitler kinda, mustache. You kind of have to, right? <laughs> you gotta forgive him a little bit. Just okay. look at that. Look at that adorable, sweet little grin. Uh, but um, I mean, hell, it this this has been a good one. And uh, the next episode we do is going to be another blockbuster. And I have not shared it with you yet. I already have it in my mind. Ooh. But I'm gonna go ahead. Like, if you want to, we'll 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 just do the format again. And uh, we'll just have our little selves a little fireside chat about uh, my summer. It's fun. This is this is fun. Call out. I, and, w- and for all of you out there listening, both of you, when you think about it in the future, there's going to be more. All of this. two of you. Yes. Yeah. So that's either going to make you excited, or it's going to make it's going to turn you off completely. But like, I think oh, I think knowing I was willing to give these guys one more chance, knowing what you've <laughs> what you've gotten here. It's probably gonna bring you back again. I'm just, um, you know, I you may not feeling. be a betting man, but I'll put money yeah. on that one. And for those who are wondering, like, what the hell happened to uh, this promised uh, Red Sonia episode, or this promised Masters of the Universe episode, or this promised Hook episode? <laughs> yeah, I tell as you know, I say to you people, that's none of your damn business. It's none of your damn. Keep keep mind, mind your p's and q's, okay? Mind your apples, okay? Mind them. Because you know, no, we're 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 still gonna do those. We're still gonna do those. It'll those still are coming. Happen. Yeah, good things but, come to uh, those who know, wait. Just please cut us a little bit of slack, right? Because I mean, we have busy schedules. We've got things. <laughs> we don't get around to doing things, things going as on often folks. as we like. Yeah. yeah, just so many important. Things, just a bustling social life. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely. Insane. I might have a bustling Etsy store that you don't even know about. <laughs> that's keeping all of my free time <laughs> relatively shh, occupied. Shh, shh. Maybe. No one knows. I might be screen printing uh, T-shirts or decorating jean shorts and selling them on the internet to people. The dazzling jeans, yeah. hopefully, you I would know. imagine. You don't know my life. Well, on that note. Which is a great note. Cue the outro music please that's a good idea i'd like to give a shout out to our long uh, long uh uh missing uh who who was our uh former engineer we had mitch mitch yeah drunken Mitch. mitch shout out to drunken mitch things things have not things have not been uh your services have not been required yeah wherever you are mitch we still love you we do. We still love you. And we hope you're not getting hit by trucks. And we hope you're not um, in a bad way right now. And I'm not entirely we, we sure what you, to do with this olive loaf you left in the fridge. Because I think it's expired. <laughs> but it's not mine to throw out. So if you it's could let us know, that would be helpful. I just want to get that out there. Yeah. Because the outro music is... Oh, I'm going to have to hit that again. That's fine. That's, that's some smooth editing you're going <laughs> to... Oh, yeah. Need to hit that again. My outro uh, speech, my outro comments did not match the length of time that I right. needed from the outro music. That's good. Try this again. Uh, for one of your two hosts on the left, I've been Ron Avis. And I've been Adam Peterson. And uh, save us a seat on the aisle. <laughs> I like it. 
totally original. I just thought of that right now. I love it. Totally mine. Totally, it's totally my hat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. Bye bye.